Before we start the program, I want to introduce you to an event that's coming up this August. The Loma Linda Institute of Worship is offering a worship leadership certificate to help leaders and pastors take their congregation's worship experience to the next level. This August 9-12 through 12 event will include presenters Randy Roberts, Adriana Pereira, Nicholas Zork, Wayne Buckner, Richard Hickam, and more, and provide the opportunity to perform on stage with Steve Green and the Heritage Singers. Come sing, pray, write new music, share testimonies and resources, and grow together with like-minded worship leaders from across the world. Go to LLIW.net to register. I don't know why, but when I read this chapter, I um, thought of a little cartoon character by the name of Eeyore. Uh, Some of you know who I'm talking about. This is a cartoon character that the Walt Disney Company made popular, and they were adapting a British author's very popular children's story. The author was A.A. Milne, Winnie the Pooh children's story. Now, right now, I'm thinking of my good friend Greg Batla. I may be losing a man card now, but uh, (laughs) as I'm talking about Winnie the Pooh, but um, Walt Disney made this character very popular. And uh, one of the things about the characters, you had Winnie the Pooh that was very positive, and then you had Eeyore that was always negative. And on such a hot communion Sabbath, where we're dealing with such a dark text, I could understand you feeling like maybe this is just a little trivial to bring up a cartoon character. But bear with me. I think many of you would agree with me that often some of the great truths of life are learned through children's stories. In fact, some of them maybe that we've been told right here. Well, getting back to the Walt Disney character, one of them was the little Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh, and let me share with you some of his wisdom. He is quoted as saying, never fear the shadows, they simply mean There's light shining somewhere nearby. Another one, life is a journey to be experienced, not a problem to be solved. Now then there's Eeyore, who we get these kind of quotes. I never get my hopes up, so I never get let down. Or my personal favorite, I'd look on the bright side if I could find it. Yeah, so maybe they're a little silly. But I think Eeyore's pessimistic statement really applies because in this chapter, it is very difficult to find anything bright or positive. In fact, many scholars point out the fact that this is the only Psalms that starts dark and actually gets darker. Now, when you think of the Psalms in its entirety, there's a couple of things to consider that will kind of help us understand the context of this. In a commentary that I found very helpful, and in fact was written by a professor I have very high respect for, the late Dr. Larry Richards, it explains, the Hebrews knew the book of Psalms as Hallel, or the book of praises. 
Now, given that statement, I have no idea how Psalms 88 made it into the book. But if you have re read any of the Psalms, you know there is kind of this up and down. One is like really great and exciting, and the other one, my life is all over. I'm going to die. A little bit like life. Is life always happy? Of course not. Well, one of the things that kind of helps us understand that, in the same commentary, it's read or quoted, the book of Psalms shares the complexity of life itself, reflecting in organization as well as content the complexity of life. In other words, the up and down of Psalms, the entire book, essentially reflects life. Now, that would explain why the Psalms 87, when you read that, it's like it's the best day ever. And then it's followed by Psalms 88, the worst day ever. Now, over the years, I have heard people say and share, and I'm sure many of you have as well, that when they were dealing with a great challenge or they were really discouraged, they found great comfort in the Psalms. I sincerely doubt they were talking about Psalms 88. Now, a really good friend of mine, I have to add this, after first service, shared with me with the following quote, from Woody Allen that's very appropriate for kind of our dark text that we're looking at this morning. And it, it reads, it's always darkest just before it gets completely black. <laughs> With all this darkness, is there any way we can see light within our text today? Now, first of all, this text clearly reflects a person that is really struggling. It is really dark. Now let me ask you, have you ever struggled and felt alone? Have you ever experienced incredible suffering? Or maybe perhaps even this morning you're in the midst of that deep suffering. Now there may be a few that said, no, not really. But then I'm reminded of a quote, and I don't remember where I heard it, but it goes something like this. If you haven't experienced any real difficulty in your life, all you have to do is keep on living. <laughs> so whether you are, have, or will experience suffering, I think we might be able to find something in Psalms 88 that might surprise us. Now, starting with the scripture reading, this was a grouping of the crying out to God. God, won't you hear me? And then the confession that it seems like I'm crying out, but either you're not there or you're not listening. This represents kind of the entire structure of this chapter, and then it's kind of broken up by these crying out to God, and then it's filled in with complaints or laments, which, by the way, that is the label given to this type of psalms. 
Some are referred to as praises. This was referred to as a lament. So let's take a look at just a couple of those laments. And we're going to go to verse 3. The writer confesses, My soul is full of troubles, and their life draws near to the grave. Now some scholars speculate that perhaps the writer of this psalm was very sick and knew they were going to die. And then we go to verse 4, another t a lament. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. Verse 6 amplifies the same idea. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Now, several scholars suggest that this refers to also dying, perhaps, but also perhaps the Hebrew view of Hades or hell. Then the last lament that we'll highlight is found in verse 8 in the final verse of Psalms 88, where God is blamed for the others abandoning the psalmist. Verse 8, you have taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. Then verse 18, you have taken from me my friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. Now some cautiously suggest that it's possible that this psalmist was not only sick, but had leprosy. And if you remember... It, God had instructed if someone was diagnosed with leprosy, they were separated from the camp. And it didn't matter whether you were king or pauper. You were separated. Unfortunately, this kind of slowly moved to where people viewed this as a judgment of God. That if someone got leprosy, they were rejected by God. Now, fortunately, we read in the New Testament that Christ dispelled that. But nevertheless, that was kind of the view. This was a judgment from God. So, at this point, <laughs> you might be saying, seriously, I went all the trouble to get out of bed, to walk through the heat, to come hear a sermon where if I wasn't depressed, now I'm depressed. And if I was depressed... I feel worse. <laughs> Stay with me. I think we're going to find some very meaningful truths in this text. And we're going to start by going to the very first verse. And the first verse reads, Lord, you are the God who saves me. Now, this is the closest thing in the entire chapter that even remotely suggests something positive. But it is profound. Because despite this psalmist's despair, it begins with the statement, Lord, you are the God who saves me. This fact is not in question. This person is expressing these laments, these complaints, from a place of faith, not from lack of faith. Basically, they're saying, it's like, God, I cry out to you. It doesn't sound, you're, sound like you're listening. I don't understand. Am I any good to you if I'm dead? But it's coming from a place of faith. This, I find helpful or enhanced understanding why this is so important. When we read the following quote by William Van Gemeren, challenging name, <laughs> in the expositor Bible commentary that says this very important thing. 
True faith lies in the wrestling with the Lord in prayer. So let's take a look at this again. Psalms 88 begins with a person assuming you're the one that saves me, and then it basically goes through these complaints. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like God's not listening? It's one of the things I love about this chapter, or began to love about this chapter, is that often our faith, Christianity, can rob us of the reality of life because we're trying to focus so much on the positive and the happiness. But that's in the contrast of the reality of life. Life isn't always a bull of charities. We all know this. And so this is a text that when you're in those spaces, I don't know about you, but sometimes I've been in a very dark space, and someone, you know, one of those people that are just always positive, you want to punch them. <laughs> I'm not in the mood right now. And sometimes, I, I must confess, I, I want to wallow in my own pity. Like, do some of you relate to that? You just want to let me just wallow in my pity. But in reality, in those really difficult times, sometimes the healthiest thing is just to accept and acknowledge and cry out to God that you're suffering. I ask you a question. In relationships, do you end up feeling closer or experiencing a closer connection with another person when you're doing something fun? Or is it when you go through together a difficult challenge successfully? Aren't those the times you're brought closer together? If it's in a marriage relationship, it's often the times where you go through significant challenges successfully together that you're most likely to feel the love gets stronger and more resilient. It's in the struggles. But you're in the midst of struggle. And when you're in the midst of struggle, it's hard not to feel alone. That's one of the great things. The communion service we are about to participate in symbolizes a reality that in fact, that in fact, you are not alone. One of a, a great, a profound experience for me a couple of years ago is several of the pastoral staff were able to go to Israel. And I remember one day we were standing in a building that was either the one or close to it, the pit where Jesus would have been taken the night before he died. They think it's either Caiaphas' house or close to it. In fact, right by the building, there are steps that date back to the time of Romans when Christ was on this earth. But in this house, down at the bottom, that's built over a, tip, a pit, no windows. There's a place where Jesus found himself. Now, what's interesting from this location, you can look off in the distance. It's walking distance, but it's a fair walk. You can see Gethsemane, where Christ would have really struggled. And then just slightly to the left, you have the Temple Mount, where most likely is where Satan took Jesus and tempted him and said, listen, if you just do this, all this goes away. Jesus could have gotten rid of all the suffering. And then to the right, there's a valley where eventually Judas would hang himself. 
This is from this house. But then when you think of the words in this chapter where it talks about darkness and it talks about um, abandonment by friends, imagine what Jesus' experience was in this windowless pit. The sheer darkness. Can you imagine him at least feeling like this Psalms? Where are you? And this perfect love was feeling this separation, this relational separation, because he was accepting our sins. And so he was being separated from the very being, the relationship that had sustained him all along. He really felt alone. That's what our communion service is all about. He certainly wrestled with God. But you know, Jesus never said he was Santa Claus. In fact, he's prepared us that, you know what, you just might get a coal in your sock regardless of whether you're naughty or nice. The truth is, as we go through life, it's not always happy endings. Now, it's important, which is why the Psalms has it, it's important that there are praises. God gives us the gift of joy and happiness, the ability to worship, to praise him. But often those are what sustain us when we encounter that darkness. Now, many of the descriptions of Christ at this time in his life focus on his physical suffering. But in fact, perfect love was experiencing relational separation that we can't even imagine. Now, I suspect people that have lost someone very dear to them, you can imagine a lot. But it was even greater than that that Jesus experienced. His body was broken, but almost more significantly, his heart was broken. Now, as we head out to participate in foot washing, won't you contemplate the reality with me that this symbolic experience reminds us of a very, very important truth. We are not alone.